song says, God is a way maker. Amen. I don't even think I have to preach on that. <laughs> That's not what I was going to talk about today, but he is a way maker. <laughs> he is a way maker. You know, sometimes we, we, we find ourselves in battles, and you know what? We're supposed to find ourselves in battles because, you know, we're not residents of this world, right? So things are going to come against us. Things are not going to be easy, but we have to stay firm and trust God through it all. Right. Oh, um, you know, we would all love for things to be easy in life, <laughs> but it don't work that way. Right? It don't work that way. But you know, despite what it looks like, we can rest in God. We can rest in God, knowing that He has us. He has us in the palm of His hands. Right. So no matter what, nobody can snatch us out. No, nothing can separate us from His love. Right. That, that, that's what Romans said. Nothing can separate us from his love. Despite, you know what, you know what, no matter what we may lose, no matter what we may have lost in life, nothing can separate us from his love. Thank you, God. Right? Hallelujah. And, and he is Hallelujah. with us. And we, are, we just need to rest in him. Amen. We just need to rest in him. We were not created to carry these burdens. You know. We, we just weren't. We, we, we cannot take it. Our bodies cannot take it. That's why we cast our cares upon Him. Yes. Right? And we can't yes. take it back. Right? Because yes. He wants to take it. Because He can shoulder the load. We can't. Right? So no matter how old or how young we are, Amen. right? Yes. He can carry it. Amen. He can carry it. And He wants to carry it. Yes. He wants to carry it all from us. But we have to be willing. Right? And that goes back to what we talked about before. I think maybe on Wednesday. About trust. Trust in Him. Amen. Amen. So just, you know, just continue to stand strong and stand firm with God. Stand upon His Word. Amen. Because His Word is alive. His Word is alive. And His Word will not come back void. Amen. And actually, I'm going to be talking about that a little bit today. So, hey, you know, because I was going to talk about, I was going to get into the doctrines and things, and uh, I would, you know, it, it dawned on me as a study and say, I never talked about the true prophets <laughs> and the size of the true prophets. So we're going to start it, starting that. We'll see how long that takes. And then we'll transition into the doctrine because doctrine is important. And uh, and if we don't get the doctrine today, that's okay. I was actually excited on teaching that today because that is a part of the vision of the ministry. Sound doctrine. Mm. And uh, I don't want to get talking on that because I'll keep going. Like, uh, <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so the scriptures is full of doctrine. Amen. But I want to talk about, you know, signs of a true prophet, right? So, as, you know, I actually only have five here. Um, but if we follow these five, we will be good, right? We will be good, all right? And the thing about it is, I, and I was reading these and going over these, and studying them, I'm like, you know what? This doesn't even just apply to prophets. This will apply to any person that we hear, even the Word of God from. Right? These are all things that we can do. But, you know, the Bible sets the precedence on what a true prophet is. Right? And um, whether it's uh, someone who is operating out of the office of a prophet, or someone that's operating from the gift of prophecy, or like I said, someone ministering the Word. Right? We have certain things that we need to abide by. And if we break that, then we're not following the word of God. Right? Amen. God is, and thank God for his word. Right? Because his word lays everything 
I mean, from even, for, you know, that's why I love reading the Old Testament. That's why I always say there's nothing new, right? Because his word has already established things. That's right. And, um, you know, just, just think for a moment, you know, um, if Christ fulfilled every prophecy, right? That's how they would know who he was. So if Christ, just think about if Jesus did what some people do today and veered just a little bit, then he wouldn't have been who he was, right? That's, right. that's how they knew, right? That's, that's how the wise men knew, right? Because he followed everything to a T. That's how the disciples knew. So in order, and I, I think I said this a while ago, that in order for someone not to have followed Christ, they, especially the, the religious leaders I'm talking about, they just had to reject them, right? It, because it was all laid out. It was all laid out. It was because of pride, envy, that they rejected Jesus, right? Because he fulfilled everything, right? Everything that was spoken was fulfilled. And that is how important prophecy is. Because when we when we talk about prophecy, we anyone who operates out of gift of prophecy or office of prophecy, you bet, you, you're the mouth of God. You, you're the mouth of God. And it's not to be taken lightly. Right, so number one, number one for the sign of a true prophet is they have to be accurate. Alright? So you always remember these four words. They must be accurate. No matter what, they must be accurate. So why is that important? Because it's interesting because you will hear prophets today, you you'll hear someone say, Well, you know, we can't be one hundred percent correct in what we're saying. And they, they literally say it, right? And I'm trying to figure out yet where the scripture has changed, right? Because that hasn't changed in the scripture. But they they want people to believe that, and, it, and it's like they try to convince people of that. But no matter what, you have to be 100% accurate, right? So I, and I know that with prophecy, it's not bound by time, right? So just because someone may give a prophetic word today doesn't mean it, it could be a year from now, it could be two years from now. But... It still must be accurate. Alright, so Jeremiah 28.9 says this. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. So, when it comes to pass, that's how we will know it's a true prophet. It must come to pass. So, if it doesn't come to pass, then they weren't someone that was sent by God. Right? And... and there's examples of this, and we also have to remember this, that God's word will not return void. So let's turn to, as I just said, <laughs> Isaiah 55. Says, thus saith the Lord, you know, 
We don't just take that, right? And I'm going to get some of that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But God's word will never come void, so it should always come to pass, right? So let's go to an example. So understand, this precedent was set in the Old Testament, and it didn't change to the New Testament. So let's go to uh, Luke chapter 2. Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth, 
This year you shall die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. So understand that leads us to point number two, right? Whenever we receive a prophetic word. So how do we how do we test what's coming from the Lord? Number one, it must conform to God's word. It must conform to God's word. God is not in the habit of giving new revelation. Right? So whatever prophetic word we need to receive. It must conform to God's word and be able to be tested. Ezekiel 13.8 says this, The Lord was against those who spoke lies and nonsense. So lies there means untruth. Right? Something that is not truthful. So again, we can't say, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord saying this, if he's not saying it. That's a lie. Alright, Isaiah 8.20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So we have to speak according to the word of God. Alright, so how do we know 1 John, uh, let's turn to 1 John 4 and 1. So again, it must conform to God's word and be able to be tested. 1 John 4 and 1, and I'm sure we read this. Uh, right. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Alright, so that word test there means to recognize as genuine after examination. So, I say that to say, be, and reason why I talk about it, because we've all been in church, and we probably all received prophetic word, and some of us have probably received prophetic words that we knew wasn't God. <laughs> but we probably just didn't say anything. And sometimes we probably took it. Right? But we don't have to do that. And I'm not saying to be rude to the person. But sometimes some people come off and they'll say things. And we don't want to receive those things. Especially if it goes against the word of God. We, we don't want to receive that. Alright, so again, how do we test it? We test it against the Word of God. So again, it must be in accordance to the Word of God. Alright? And, um, let's see. Alright, so it must be in harmony with what God previously revealed through His Word. Again, there's no new revelation. We learned that from Hebrews chapter 1. Alright? So, an example that I always give, that I've been giving recently since the election, is how people were saying and prophesying and telling them to rebel against the government. And we see all throughout Scripture, not just the New Testament, not just Paul writing, but even in the Old Testament, you know, when God was sending Babylon and Israel was going to he, God told them, don't rebel. And actually, that's what Hananiah was telling them, you know, he was saying that God was going to protect them, but that wasn't the case because he was sending Babylon there for their rebellion. You know, Israel's rebellion. So, the thing was, when people were prophesying and saying, well, let's say the Lord, they, no, that went against, totally went against God's word. But you had Christians there saying, amen, and things like that. No, that totally goes against God's word. So anything that goes against God's word, we are not to receive. And in order for us to know that it doesn't go against God's word, we have to be in God's word. We have to know, right? And we can't just say, well, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to let me know. You know what? Yeah, sometimes that will be the case, right? But God wants us to know his word. 
God wants us to know his word. This is why we have to study his word. All right. So the other thing is this. How do we know a true, true, true prophet? They're going to exalt Jesus. Right? It, whatever they prophesy should exalt Jesus. Uh, let's turn to John 16. John chapter 16, verse 13. Uh, verse 13 and 14. All right. John 16. Did I say 6? 66. Okay. okay. <laughs> John 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you, Things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify who? Me. me. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So, when we, when someone's speaking prophetic, it should glorify Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? So a lot of times, I'm sure we've been in churches and it's not glorifying Jesus. Actually, what they do sometimes, they glorify the person. And they talk about what God is going to do through them. But ultimately... The prophetic worship glorified Jesus. And it should glorify Jesus. Revelation 19.10 says this. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So true prophecy always shows itself bearing witness to Jesus. That's Revelation 19.10. So true prophets will focus in on Christ. And understand, when we, uh, anyone that's operating out of the office of prophet, the precedent has already been set that they are designed to bring people back into relationship with God. Amen. Back and, and, and declare, bring them into holiness to God. That's what they're designed to do. Right? So it's not about talking about predicting sports teams and sports victories. And uh, people do that. <laughs> Or, you know, discussing political issues. Jesus didn't do that. Right? Jesus didn't do that. Amen. So, but it's, so anybody operating out of office of a prophet is designed to bring people back to the Lord. Now, you, prophecy can foretell as well. And the gift of prophecy can foretell. Yes, but ultimately it should glorify God. Amen? Amen. Number four, they should, uh, uh, actually, before we get to four, all right. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5 says this, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. So it's quite a difference when ministers, Christians, promote themselves over Jesus. So we should always be glorifying Jesus, right? And we should always be talking about Jesus, right? We don't, we don't have to justify and talk about ourselves. Like I said, it's not just about prophecy. It, it even, somebody ministering the word. We don't talk, we don't brag about ourselves, but it's about Jesus. That's who we should uplift, Jesus. And that's who should be glorified. Even when we 
going to an unbeliever, it should be about Jesus. And actually, once we get the doctrine, as we go on, we'll see actually what we should be saying to unbelievers as well. Because we're not really doing it. We're, we're, we're doing part of it, but not all of it. Alright, uh, number four. They should show they are Christians in the way they live. So in other words, moral consistency. Right? So, they should be consistent in their lifestyle. Right? You can't be functioning one way and then saying God is speaking to you. Basically, you shouldn't be out there sinning and living in the world <laughs> and, and, and doing things that you should not be doing and then still try to be claim to be a vessel of God. Alright, so Matthew 7, you can turn there. Verse 15, very familiar text. I've read, I read this plenty of times and I've even recorded it plenty of times, but I want us to see it in the scripture. So Matthew 7, beginning at verse 15 through 20. Alright, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Verse 18, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Right? So, it should be a moral consistency, a lifestyle. Their, their character should be the character of Christ. And, and anything that they do, and, and understand this, any time we look, and this should have been a red flag to us, even, even with the elections and everything, and all, all the prophets. Anytime you've seen in the Old Testament, the false prophets always outnumber the true prophets. Amen. Anyway, you look at Isaiah, you look at Ezekiel, they always outnumber, the false prophets always outnumber, they always, even in Jeremiah, you, you look at it, and they were all jumping on the bandwagon. And Jeremiah was a lone prophet speaking. Right? So, when you see that, when you see everybody... Uh, grouping together and coming on and agreeing with the same thing, that, that should be a warning signal to us. Right? That, that should be a warning signal. Because, especially when, they, when they're saying things about, you know, God's blessings are coming, this and that, and this is what He's going to do, and these end times, if they're all saying that, that should be a red signal to us. Right? Because that's not how it went in the Scriptures. That's right. Not at all. Alright, uh, so number five, which is similar to number two. So what the prophet says should be judged. Alright? So should be judged. Now, not only that, but even, like I said, the person minister should be judged. Now, we don't judge it from our own opinions. We judge it by the word of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says this. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So judge there means to separate thoroughly, to make a distinction. So we, we should be examining what someone says, right? Not just the prophet, but even someone getting up and ministering, we should be examining. We shouldn't just take it, what they're saying, as gospel, right? Just because it sounds good, 
because a lot of people will say things and they, they have all sorts of quotes and things like that and it sounds good, right? Um, actually, I wasn't going to read this, but I'm, I'm going to read it anyway. Um, this was a quote to Bill Johnson from Bethel. And, um, oh, okay, yeah, page 29, and when heaven invades earth, this is what he said, Jesus did his miracles as a man and not as God. He also said Christ laid aside his divinity so that we can do signs and wonders. So if we're not, if we're thinking, all we're thinking about is signs and wonders, then we can get caught up in that and just hearing that and say, amen. But we have to test it. So going back to 1 John, go back to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 2. about that quote that I just said, where, uh, and I'll, I'll read it again, Jesus did his miracles as a man and not as God, he also said Christ laid aside his divinity so that we can do signs and wonders, okay, so 1 John 4 and 2 and verse 3 says, by this you will know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is not already in the world. So, Jesus was God in me. Right? So, we, we have to understand that and we have to be careful. Because what, what, what we're getting caught up in is sometimes what's out there and what's being projected is actually the uh, Antichrist spirit. So anything that goes against the word of God, God is actually the spirit of the Antichrist. And as we know, as an early in church, that spirit is already at work. So it's at work today, and it's picking up because the Antichrist has come. So this is why I say, even when I talked about Wednesday, about we have to be careful on the songs that we sing, because it becomes I, me, and about self. And it sounds good when we say, oh, how God loves me, and this and that, but it's not about me. It's not about us. It's actually about God. See, because the more we worship and praise and glorify Him, the better we will feel. Right? But if, we, if we're trying to always bring God down to our level and, and always making Him our best friend, then we, we almost, yeah, I told him, we, we do strip Him of His divinity, His holiness. Right? And, and just think back to Isaiah, when Isaiah got in God's presence. Right? You know, he heard the angel say, holy, holy, holy. There was a difference in Isaiah. Isaiah wasn't, even his own thoughts, he said he, he was a man undone. <laughs> so it, it's, we have to be careful on how we do things. And like I said, even the songs that we sing, because it, it should be glorifying God. Because understand this, Jesus came and was glorifying the Father. Right? The Antichrist is coming to glorify himself. Amen. He's exalting himself. Right? Jesus didn't exalt himself. He, he exalted the Father. Right? And the Father exalted Christ. Right? But that's who we should be exalting. We don't exalt ourselves because if we, if we get in the habit of exalting ourselves and catering to ourselves, our needs, and what we desire, 
what we want, then that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Because mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's not about us, right? And so it's like I said, and I think I said this on Wednesday, whether God answers our prayers or not, He's still God. That's right. He's still holy, right? So yes, we want to be healed on this side. Absolutely, right? But whether or not He takes us, <laughs> we will be healed in the end. Right. Yeah. We'll be healed one way or the other. Right? So we can't get caught up into this selfish mentality, right? The selfish uh thing because we're really blocking out God and it's not the spirit of Christ. Right? But we should always, always glorify Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh first Thessalonians five that says this, uh verse nineteen and twenty-one. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Again, test. Test. Examine. Prove. How do we examine? How do we prove? We prove it and we examine it by the word of God. That's how we have to examine it. By the word of God. And if we stay true to those five things, we'll be good. And the reason why it's important, because even with us being small, there will be people coming in here <laughs> who, who have a prophetic word and it needs to be tested. Actually, there's some people that have already come through here with a prophetic word and, you know, it needs to be tested, right? Some things I knew right off the bat. It was, no, right? So usually when somebody's giving a word, I'm listening. Whether anybody else is receiving a word in here, I'm listening, right? I'm, I'm listening and I'm in tune because I want to make sure it is correct. It is legitimate and it lines up with the word of God. God God doesn't need us to over exaggerate anything. God doesn't need us to compare things even to things of the secular world because he is holy. Right? He he is above us and we will know when God is speaking. And this is how we have to be careful because I and I and I was in a church like this before. And, and this is how some people do it because they'll ask, you could be in a prayer meeting Anybody, has anybody ever prophesied before, right? And you'll have two or three people that raise their hands. No, we, no, have, have not prophesied. They'll raise their hand say, no, they have not, right? So then they say, all right, well, we're going to pray that you prophesy today. And then they'll, they'll pray, and, it, you know, you may have a prayer meeting, and then they'll ask you, well, what's the first thing that's coming to your mind, right? And they'll count that as a prophecy. And that's what a lot of people do. They prophesy and speaking to people what's coming to their mind and it's not what God is speaking. Trust me, you're going to know when God is speaking. You, 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 you will know when God is speaking. And you just have to be careful. And it's actually, take that back, sometimes you may not know. Because sometimes, I, I've had it personally where I just start speaking and I'll and I tell a person, I don't know why I'm telling you this. They'll say, I know why. Keep talking. Keep talking. Right? Because it's not, I'm moving myself out of the way. I'm moving myself and that's what we have to do. When God is speaking through us, we have to move ourselves out of the way. And sometimes people don't do that. And when we don't move ourselves out of the way, then we're in danger of adding our own opinions to what's going on. Amen. Right? Amen. And then that's how we get off track with that. Because we can all be susceptible to this, right? But that's why I'm telling us now, <laughs> now so we can learn and we don't fall for that. And um, you know, and we don't get taken by that, right? And sometimes some like some people don't do it maliciously, but that's how they've been taught, right? Because now we have you know all these school of prophecies, yeah. right? And it's like okay, well, 
what are they teaching you? Right? How, how are you teaching somebody to hear from God? Right? You, we have to remember the Holy Spirit has come. Now, He will send people. He can send people to, to mentor other people. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Right? But you have to be leery when you have all these schools that are trying to teach people how to prophesy, how to operate out of the gifts of the Spirit. Because scriptures tell me that the Holy Spirit comes upon who He wills. That's right. Right? Not how we will it. Right? So, you know, just be careful of that. Right? And it always be in tune when someone is speaking. Or even if you're somewhere and you hear somebody and, and they're giving a prophetic word, be in tune. Don't just receive it. Be in tune. Even if they're talking to somebody else, receive it. Receive it. Because like, like I said a few weeks ago, sometimes it's not the Spirit of God. Sometimes it is a familiar spirit. Right? Because, look, Satan's a privy to our conversation, to our thoughts. Right? So that's another thing you want to be weary of. Leery of if they're talking about something you discuss. Right? Doesn't mean it's, that it's God. Right? Because, like I said, it's going to glorify Jesus Christ. It should glorify Jesus Christ. And, and everything that we do. So even in the messages that we give and we minister behind the pulpit, it should glorify Jesus Christ. Amen. It shouldn't glorify man, right? So even when we get the doctrine, we're, we're, we are going to see how doctrine, the doctrine is just teaching. And we can get caught up in all sorts of doctrine because Jesus talked about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And he told the disciples in uh, Matthew 16 and Luke 12 to be aware of their leaven. He was talking about their doctrine, right? Because their doctrine was off. Yeah. He didn't want them to follow that doctrine, Amen. right? But Jesus had to teach it. And, and Jesus said, and we're going to get through it, not today. <laughs> but, but Jesus talked about his doctrine was not his own, but the doctrine of the Father. Oh, right? So when we look at the church today, right, we have all these different doctrine, all these different beliefs, all these different denominations, right? But if we do and we line up according to the Word of God, it should only be one, right? It should only be one. But everybody, you know, got this set of beliefs here, got this set of beliefs here, that it's not designed to be that way, right? Because it, 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 and you think about it, we got so far off on about, because just 100, probably about 150 years ago, when you do research in history, not everybody had Bibles in their house, right? I'm pretty sure, out of all of us in here, probably most of us have at least five Bibles that we have access to, probably more than that. Probably at least 10, right? And then, if you go back even 500 years, a lot of probably only the church had the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So, they will go to church and they will hear the word from the man of God, teaching the word of God, preaching the word of God, right? That's how they would get the word, mm -hmm. right? So, the man, that is the reason why we should have elders. So, the person, so the man, the God, the one who's speaking would not veer off track of what the word of God is. But think about this. In today's society, we, out of any generation in the history, we have access to the Bible more than anybody else mm -hmm. in the history. But we are also the most biblically <laughs> illiterate people as Christians. Because you, people take it for granted. They don't read it. Right. right? They don't. They don't read it. I know all of us read it in here. <laughs> but people don't read the Bible. Right? You have people that show up to church that don't read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right? And it, 
and, I, and, and you know what? I didn't have to have nobody teach me that. As soon as I got saved, and I told you before, I had a little green pocket. It was a Gideon's Bible. Green one. I, I said before, I treated it like my American Express. I never left home without it. Anytime I was sitting, in the because in the Navy, you always go somewhere, you always had to sit and wait. So I would always pull up my Bible, and guess what? I carried a pen, and I carried a highlight, all for that little Bible. Right? And I would mark all of it. I read it, and mark it, mark it all up. Right? Until it got torn up, and I get a new one. Right? But you know when they get torn up, you don't want to get, you don't, you know, put it somewhere, but you still want to carry it around because it's got all your notes, all your highlights in there. You know, you, you're thankful for a new Bible, but you still want your old one. <laughs> because it's got all your stuff in there, right? But, you know, you just think about the access that we have to the Bible. We can't take it for granted. We, we, we just can't because that, the Word of God is what's keeping us. Right? The Word of God is what's keeping us on track. Yeah. And if, if we don't have true doctrine, then we're going we're gonna to bear off. And, and there's a lot of stuff going there, um, going around and things like that. And we don't want to get caught up in that because a lot of times it sounds good. It, it, it you know, sounds good, especially when you, because you, like I said, they, they, they'll give these quotes and things like that. It's like, man, that's good. <laughs> but then... And, and, and I, I see it. But then I think to myself, well, but it's always funny because the Lord will always take me back into his word. It's like, wait a minute. That didn't line up. What, what, what are you saying? Right? But the unfortunate part is not everybody's going to do that. Not, not everybody's going to. And I believe the Lord would do that for most anybody. But we got to read the word. We, we have to read the word. We have to test it. You know. And, um, you know, like I said, even with the prophet, like I said, when I gave the signs of truth, it applies to anything. We're going to test it. We're going to judge it. We're not just, just take it for granted. Right? Because the word of God, and, it, and it's unfortunate. It is scary when you have someone that will get up in church and lie about a testimony that God did. It happens. It happens. It, it happens. Because that shows me you don't have a fear of God. Right? You don't have a fear of God. So, when I see that, and then a lot of times, all right, yeah, yeah, a lot of times. There's been quite a few times the Lord speaks to me and show me. And it just, you know, it just gives me discernment that somebody's lying about something. And I'm like, you know, I can't trust them. Because if you will lie to God, you're going to lie to anybody else. Right? Because if you don't have a fear of God, you don't have a fear of anybody. You, you're just going to do. And, and that shouldn't be. So, I, you know, I, it doesn't matter how long somebody been pastoring or um, how much they talk about uh, they love Jesus. If, if they're lying like that, mm -mm. That, that, that's, that's not a vessel of honor. That's a vessel of dishonor. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, um, you know, prayerfully they repent. But if they don't repent, God will hold them accountable. Like I said, God, God doesn't need us to over-exaggerate his word. Like God doesn't need us to over-exaggerate His works that He does, right? Because His works is His, his works. It's not our works, right? So we don't have to outdo somebody, you know, just tell a story about what God did, right? Because God is not a respected person. He blesses us each individually, right? So we don't, we don't, He doesn't need our help. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> And we just can't get caught up in that. Right. Amen. So, 
Um, next week I'm going to get into doctrine, and, and, and it's really, really unique because it's funny um, that the scriptures clearly tell us what we should be teaching, what, what we should be teaching, and who we should be teaching it to, right? And um, from Acts on to the pastoral epistles, all that is, is as plain as day, right? But somehow, some way, we've gotten off track of that. And when I say we, I'm talking about the church as a whole. Christians in general have gotten off track with that because now it's become seeker friendly and just instead of just sticking to the word, sticking to the script on what God designed it. But see, God's not surprised. He knew what these times would be like. But we can't be caught off guard by it. Right? We can't be caught off guard by it because a lot of things are going to happen, right? You know, that that are going to appear to be like it's God, but how will we know it's not God? By His Word, Amen. by His Word, Amen. right? Not by what Rasan says, not by Rasan's opinion, but the Word of God. That's what we go by. That's what we're to eat of, right? That's the bread of life. Amen. Mm -hmm. 